there. So I, I love you all. Um, appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. I'm excited uh, about what God's doing in the house. I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, and we love you guys. Come on. We love you guys. We, if you love Destiny Church, come on. Let's give it up. Yeah. Yeah. If you love Jesus, let's give it up just a little bit more, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Woo, that's so much better. absolutely love that. Uh, man, I'm excited to see everybody. If you're new here, if this is your first time or first time in a while, uh, do us a favor. Fill out a Connect card. Let us know you came. If you do that, we can reach out to you and send you all kinds of stuff in the mail and even talk to you. Uh, it's really good stuff, so please do that. Uh, download our app if you need um, our app. Uh, you might need our app right now because our website's down. <laughs> so there you go. Our website's down, so you probably need the app that'll get you all the information that's on the website and all that. So we're working on that. There's a bunch of stuff that they were talking to me about that I, I don't know. They were talking about all kinds of links and uh, whatever. Just make it work. So in Jesus' name, we pray that the, that the website's back up this week. Um, but there's the app. You can download that if you want some information about our church and what's going on. Um, I love what's going on in our next steps. So today we had next steps, and sonship was taught this morning. Uh, Kevin and Crystal uh, did an awesome job. So and if you look up there, next Sunday we have uh, Jeff uh, and Pam. They're going to be teaching the uh, gifts of the Spirit. Okay, this is not a spiritual gift assessment. <laughs> this is the gifts of the Spirit. So if you want more information on that, 9 o'clock. Just show up next door uh, in the annex, 9 o'clock. We'd love to have you. Uh, we just see a lot of great things happening with that. We see people growing and, and uh, in their walk. They're, they're, they're getting a better foundation because they're just, man, they're learning stuff that we're not teaching all the time up here because we're going to teach what Holy Ghost tells us to teach, which means sometimes I might not get to that until next year. <laughs> so if you're interested, get there now. That's really good. Uh, look, we have baptism coming up. This is going to be baptism on December 5th. So what a way to start off the, the December season and, and that whole season. So if, if baptism is your next step, man, let us know. Sign up online. It's going to be awesome. We, I love it. Baptism is one of my favorite days. So, uh, look, if you sign up ahead of time, we'll reach out to you, talk to you about a bunch of stuff. Um, is this crackling? How about now? I'm trying to learn how to use it with a beard again. <laughs> Shaved it, didn't work. Grow the beard back. It might work. Um, so anyway, Baptism Sunday, sign up. We'd love for you to do that. If not, we, will, we always do spontaneous, but I'm telling you, man, the Holy Ghost is moving, and we'd love to see you get baptized. That's the next step. You gave your heart to Christ, then you need to get baptized. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So look forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, look, here's something really cool. I love this. It's our serve team banquet prom night. Uh, so come on, we're excited about prom. Who's excited about prom night? Anybody here never been to prom? Yes, good. I expect to see you all signed up. Because this is going to be prom night at Destiny Church. So if you serve on a team anywhere, so it could be on an events team, it could be as a greeter in the parking lot, maybe in children's ministry, student ministry, worship team, production. If you serve on a team, go online, sign up. We would love to have you. It's going to be a catered event. It's going to be awesome. We, we have awesome decorations, and we're, we're really excited. This place turns into a banquet hall and might even have a dance floor because you got to have a king and queen. And you got to do all. I'm telling you, it's prom night. So we're excited. Uh, I can't wait to do this uh, just to honor those people that serve. You know, especially through everything we've been through, the people serving is what keeps the church moving. So, and it's not too late. So guess what? If you're not on a team, you have from, from now until December 10th to get on a team. And then you're officially on the serve team, and then you can show up for prom night. 
So I warned you, don't show up the day after prom and be like, hey, how come I wasn't invited? <laughs> Sign up for a team, and, and you can come on out for free. We have child care. So if you need child care for that day, just, just sign up online. We'll have child care here. It's for children. Um, this is going to be for children in the children's ministry and lower. Now, here's the thing. It is, I, I need to clarify this. This is 18 and older for serving. We have students to serve all the time, and we have kids to serve all the time, but we have extra things for them. We're doing whole other things for the students and for the children. So on this night, it's for 18 and older. Um, so please come on out, fellowship with us, have fun with us. We do have child care. Um, so and if you need your teens in child care, we can do that too. Just sign them up. <laughs> I, I was a pretty rough teen, so I, I understand. Uh, I was like, Mom, the, the babysitter's younger than me. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you got to be better with what God's given you. So I love this. This upcoming week is Thanksgiving week. So a little bit about that, how that's going to look at destiny. We have uh, not the angel tree. I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving week first. There you go. Sorry, Holly. I'm not. I'm really not listening to you. I'm just speaking, and then I look up. Um, so this upcoming week, because it's Thanksgiving, we're going to have prayer because prayer is the foundation. So we will be here Monday night, but Tuesday at the table is canceled, so we won't be doing Tuesday at the table. And our campus is closed Wednesday throughout the week until Sunday again. Okay, so just letting you know, we'll be here Monday night for prayer, but that'll be it for this week. So no student ministry, no children's ministries, um, all that stuff will be on hold for the holiday season, which is really good. So enjoy time with your family. That's important. Look, if you need help during the holiday season, uh, we would love to provide for you a Thanksgiving meal. So if that's you and you say, hey, I need some help, just let us know like as soon as possible today. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> I would love to know what, what we can provide for you if it's turkey and whatever, whatever it is. Um, I'm not going to cook it for you, though, so if, uh, I don't know if you want me cooking it for you, but I will provide you all the food you need, so if that's you and you need help with that, please just contact the church. We'd love to help you with that. Uh, that's, and I want to go right to the angel tree because I love talking about this. It's that time of the season, so we have an angel tree every year we do it within the church, so what we do is we try to help out the families in the church um, in the holiday season. So if that's you, if you need some help, we have registration forms on the connection point. We're one big family, y'all. So we want to make sure everybody has what they need for the holiday. So if you fill out that form and you turn that in, uh, we will have an angel tree. And I'll, I'll tell you when that will be actually out in the foyer or wherever it's going to be to give you an opportunity to grab an angel off the tree. And it usually doesn't last long. So once I say that, it's a mad rush. And then if you get lucky, you get lucky. So... Um, but, but more to come on the angel tree, just fill that out. Um, I want to do something a little, you know what, let's do this. Aiden, come on, brother, you had a word. So um, come on, let's give it up for Aiden. You, you want the mic? If you want to come up here. You're not scared of the stage, I know, or the mic. He, gave, he actually came to me. Uh, Friday night and told me that he wanted to share something with the church so I told him I'll only give him like 45 minutes because I still have to preach for a couple hours so I said just you know keep it nice and short and sweet whatever God wants you to say well um yeah got it check check y'all can hear me um, so, as some of you know, my, uh, my dad passed away recently, uh, it was two months ago on the 
18th, my dad went to be with the father. Um, you know what, but it's still beautiful knowing that he's not suffering. And while, while we were in the, I was over at another church and, um, the Lord put this word in my head and, uh, he said, um, he said, for I am not dead. And this, this was, this was when you got to take in mind, this was when my dad was on the ventilator, still alive, but he's still alive though. Um, so he said, for I am alive and he is alive and I am not dead and he is not dead. So it's time to go and in the name of Jesus arise. And at, at first I thought the meaning of it was I had to learn that there's always a deeper meaning to the Lord and his words because he knows the beginning and the end. And I sat there debating whether the Lord was going to rise him at his funeral. He was going to stick up and be like, hey, everybody, and just, I had I had to decipher that. And, and I, it was really emotional seeing my dad, you know, the last time seeing his body. And what I thought was the best was the best I saw my dad was when his body was not there off of the ventilator, no tubes in his body. But in the song that I rapped, I said, there's no ventilators that you need in heaven. I said, there's no tubes in your mouth. There's no tubes, no IVs, no more blood being drawn, no more medicine being fed through you. And still, sometimes I can smell. Like, I, I was walking through um, Walgreens the other uh, last night, and I smelled, I smelled my grandmother's oil. And she, on the December 9th, will be um, three years that she passed away from cancer. And, you know, it's been, it, and we go to the graveyard and, and we look and it's, it's too much. But I asked the Lord the other night in an encounter. Um, that was amazing. And the Lord told me, I thought he didn't hear me. I told him in the shower, I said, Lord, I feel like ever since my dad passed away, I feel like you can't hear me. And so yesterday, so yesterday, the Lord's everything that they preached it was everything that I was asking for. Come on. And so how I knew that was correct was when the Lord told me to kneel. And he told me to kneel and he said, I'll get everybody else to kneel because I've walked into the room. And when you walk into a room, everybody bows with a king coming in, but he's no ordinary king. He's the Lord of Lords, whatever whatever you want to put him as. He's Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end, and he created everything. And so I just sat there just, just saying, Lord, all it took was me just crying out to you, Lord. So ever since uh, Pastor DJ said, to, to prepare yourself on Sundays just to turn on some worship music or whatever. For these past few Sundays, I've been getting up. He's been saying, put it on and worship me. And i just been feeling like the Lord's really speaking to me. And he, he's saying that now you're off track and now I'm putting you back on.
Aren't our teens powerful? I'm telling you, there, there's power in testimony. There's power in trusting in the Lord. And I love what he's doing in our, in our teens. All right, I mean, if you would see the, um, you know, Friday night we had an encounter moment. And it was the teens encounter. Um, every year they do it. And it was three hours here at the church. And uh, several guest speakers, live worship. It was fun, food, everything. And what I saw was the power of our church. That's what God showed me is the power of our church was in the students and in the children. And what you see in him, well, he just spoke his stuff that they were all doing. They were prophesying. They were praying over each other. That's what our children are doing. So if you have kids that aren't part of that, what you're doing is you're holding them back from what God wants to do in their life. This isn't a normal student ministry where you just show up and we play some games and you go home and feel good about yourself. We're going to equip you. These guys were equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry in our church. That's what they were doing. And I got to see it firsthand as I watched all these kids come forward and they're worshiping and they're bowing down and they're all kneeling. And, they're, and then they get up and start prophesying about what God was telling them through the whole moment. That's the power of ministry. That's what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to do it with the church. Our student pastors, Kevin and Crystal, they're doing it with our students, okay? And Dana and her team, they're doing it with our children. I mean, that's, that's what we're doing, y'all. That's what we were called to do. So be, be thankful that you have a church that wants to see the next generation up here faster than what the world says they should be. Because they should be up here every minute they get a chance to speak and, and, and to pour into us. So it, ta- it takes a lot of courage. I could ask probably some of you to come up here right now and be like, I'm good. It takes a lot of courage to grab a mic to come on up and, and see what God's doing. So that's good. Well, I want to do one, one more thing because this is just something that God laid on my heart this morning. So Jeff and Pam, can you guys come up real quick? Yeah. Come on, let's give it up for Jeff and Pam. So if you don't know them, they, they have been, uh, how long have you all been coming? Since, since March, February? Awesome. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) So Jeff and Pam, they've been coming since like February, March, just doing amazing things. And what I love about them is they get here and they just like they become the corner worship like this is their area. And and uh, so I immediately thought in my head, you are a leader of worship. So he's not a worship leader. He's a leader of worship. And uh, him and several other people that I've talked to about that, I'm just like, you need to worship. You need, and they love prayer, and they love, that's just who they are. So they've been showing up every Monday night for prayer, and they're, they're pouring into things, and they're praying here. He actually spoke um, to the teens on, on Friday. So he's, he's actually, he teaches on Tuesday at the table. I mean, you guys are just, like, it's such a power duel. I, lo- I, lo- I love this team. And so what God laid on my heart was, man, God wants to accelerate what you're doing in your ministry. And he said, the only way I can do that is if you say yes um, to what I want him to do. So what I had talked to them about was I need prayer warrior leaders, somebody that's passionate about prayer, passionate about worship, that can help us train up and equip the saints on prayer, that can, that can be part and lead the, the prayer team up front, that will be here on Mondays praying as we look. Praying in a church is the furnace that keeps this place warm. Okay, so, so these guys being here almost throughout the whole week, we're praying and we're, this is what they brought when, when they came. And we had it, but you brought a, an accelerant to it, um, which now I start to see that just, just 
blowing out of proportion, which is so good. I, I love it. So what I've asked them to do was come on as the leaders of that ministry. Um, and so they, they have said yes, which is awesome. Uh, so if you are interested in being a prayer warrior, uh, which are the people we come up here to have them pray over people, um, you can speak to Jeff and Pam because they are um, powerful in that area. We, we've got all, we're, we're revamping that, that process, and it's going to be really cool. Um, but, man, if you want to be, you know, like I, I won't even give them the mic because I might not get it back. Um, I'm trying to go really quick. But <laughs> if you be here Monday night, because um, that's where it all starts, prayer on Monday nights, that's important. Do you want, really want to say something? There's a mic right there. 21. Hang on one second. He's going to turn it back on. Probably just leave that one on. No, you're good. <laughs> I know. Okay, so Don, yeah, I'll try to go real quick. We do want, this is what we want. We have a heart to invite, host, and guard the presence of God. And strategically, we want to focus over the services and over our pastors and leaders. And we have been praying in prayer warriors. If, you, uh, if you're here new and you kind of a prayer warrior, we might have prayed you in. So we need to talk to you. This is what we want help with. Monday nights at 6 is our prayer meeting. Sunday mornings at 830, we need people in here praying and then just people who are willing to give us your contact information, we want to give you a book and, and even just to be praying throughout the week. So we need some people that we can contact with. So even if you just have a heart for praying, praying at home, please give us your contact information and then we'll, we'll add you to the prayer team. And then you can go to a prom night because all you did to do is pray once and you're in the prom night. There we go. Tickets to prom night if you're a prayer warrior. Which everybody should be a prayer warrior. So here's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to make that public because I want you to know that I give you the authority to walk in that and to do what you need to do, what God leads you to do in that ministry. So what I want to do is pray over them real quick. So just extend your hands this way because um, I'm going to our elders are touching you also. So, you know, <laughs> from, we're from their seats. So, Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And, and we thank you for what you're doing in our church. But we thank you for Jeff and Pam, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you brought them here on a mission, Father. We thank you for their hearts, for their heart, for, for worship and prayer and, and how to strengthen that, Lord. So, Father, I, I ask you right now to give them your supernatural strength, Father, supernatural wisdom, and courage to lead in that, Father God. Show them the way. Father, clear a pathway for them, Father, as they continue to teach and, and mold uh, this church on a foundation of prayer. So, Father, we anoint them right now. Father God, we thank you for their yes. We thank you that, that when we called on them, they said yes, Lord. So, so we know you had this divine appointment in line from before they were born. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that we get to see your plans come true. So, Lord, we surrender to you right now. Have your way in their lives. Protect them, guide them, lead them. Father, And we just love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, y'all. I love y'all so much. What's funny is that Jeff's the talker and Pam's the brains behind the bunch. <laughs> I got one of those. <laughs> and she's not here today. Um, so be praying for my, uh, my wife and all my girls and my grandbaby. They're all driving back from Florida. They went down to visit her mom who's on hospice care and uh, they went down to, to spend some time with them, but they're driving home. So once again, now they're driving. My entire life is in that car. So, so I've been lifting them up. So you please lift them up in prayer with me so that they get home safely this evening. Um, wow. I have so much that, that I'm just jumping all over the place. Let's pray for service real quick. <laughs> Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Come on, touch my heart right now, Father God. Father, let it be all of you today and none of me. Father, let it land on the ears and hearts that need to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look, oh, man, it's so good. I don't know where this is going today, but just bear with me. 
All right, so a couple weeks ago we talked about healing. We started praying for healing. I want you to know that as, we were, as we're praying, uh, Brother Bo is doing well, doing good. He's walking. He's, uh, you wouldn't recognize him right now. He's lost so much weight. Um, he looks good. He looks healthy. His sugars are down. Everything's good. We're still praying for that, um, that kidney stone to be just dissolved. Um, and, the, and the doctors and all them things, we just want them to be amazed when they go in there and, and don't see anything. So continue to pray for that healing. As we started praying for them, we were praying healing over our church, right? So last week you heard a testimony from Darlene. She was talking about her mom. And with remember, they, she had the, the, the blood or the tumor on the brain stem and, and the walking, living aneurysm. And she's good. Like that, I mean, come on. This is what's happening. So I... You know, right now I want to share this real quick. We had uh, uh, Marine Wanarine. Um, she's an elder in the church, her and Ron Trahan. So she had surgery um, this, this last week. They went in for surgery. And she texted me because I reached out to her. We've talked to her. Everybody's loving on her. And so this morning she sent me a long email. And I know you're watching online. I'm not reading the email. Um, I'm going to condense it. But what she said is what's so awesome is prior to surgery, they did an MRI um, for a, a possible tear in her her rotator and all that, and it was bad, so they said, we're going to do surgery, and so we started praying. We've all been praying for her. They went in, I think it was Friday. I believe it was Friday. She went in Friday, and when they went in there, there was nothing except for a little bone spur, so they shaved the bone spur off and did some other little things, and she's out, and she's she's like, I don't even understand. It's all good, so in her, that means her physical, th- she goes, the pain even in my Shoulder's not that bad, so physical therapy afterwards, all that stuff's going to be a lot easier. So we're going to continue to pray for healing. She absolutely loves you guys. She has been overwhelmed with blessings from the church, with prayer, people bringing her food, doing all that. She's actually over our meal train and our food ministry. And now she gets to be blessed by that, which is really, really cool. And she loves you guys. She's, she just she wrote three paragraphs about how much she loves y'all. So experience that uh you know don't experience in a bad way but when you get to experience that and see the joy that it brings knowing you have a family that's by you and beside you and everything that's going on it's it's so powerful so i wanted to share that and i just got one more because i saw her today pam come on up here look i'm telling we're talking about spiritual warfare We're, we're in this whole thing we've been praying things so why not keep talking about what god's doing are you guys good with that spur of the moment stuff gotta love it 21. <laughs> I have the mic. <laughs> I'm not scared either. Um, I will let y'all know, two weeks ago today, we were having an awesome praise and worship service, and Pastor DJ came up and said he just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted him to pray for healing over the church and asked for any of us that needed prayer for healing to come down. So I came down front, and some of you know, some of you don't know, I've been dealing, this has been a yuck year physically for me. I've dealt with messed up neck, back, Achilles tendonitis, battling since April. Um, Back in September, don't know what caused it. Left knee started hurting really bad, couldn't hardly walk. Saw stars when I got up. And I thought, what is wrong with me? And then I've been in the process of moving. Most of y'all know I'm selling my house. I've moved in with my mom. And so I've been really busy since the first part of October, packing and moving and just constant motion in that very, very painful on my knees. I finally went to the doc, had MRIs, and found out that I have a meniscus tear in both of my knees. And I have what he called chondromalacia patella under my kneecaps. 
which, Jen, I may mess this up, but I, from what I'm gathering, it's like uh, wear and tear, shredding of the cartilage under your kneecaps to where when I would go to stand up from a seated position, it was extremely painful. It felt like uh, things were just grabbing and pulling it, and it was real painful to roll over in bed to do anything. And so he put me in knee braces on both knees, and he told me, he said, you're going to need surgery on both of your knees. And I said, Doc, now's not a good time. I'm in the middle of moving, <laughs> not a good time. And he says, well, I can, you know, give you an injection in your knees, but it's not going to fix it. You are going to need surgery. Okay. So the first time that he told me all that, it was the day of Mama Lowe's service. And I said, can't get an injection today. Got too much going on. Don't have time. I said, it's, we're just not going to deal with it right now. Kind of had my head in the sand, did, didn't want to deal with it. So uh, dealt with, you know, painful knees. And so there'd be times where I couldn't even stand up through worship. I'd have to sit down because it just hurt. So I came down here two weeks ago, had my knee braces on. People were praying for me. I had hands on, on my back. Someone, and I don't know who it was, knelt or put their hands on my, on my knee braces and just prayed. I was humbled by that, y'all. Deeply humbled. After prayer, went back to my seat. During meet and greet time, I came up here to hug Jules, and she said, Pam, i got to ask you a question. She said, when you were up here praying, she said, do you get pains, sharp pains in your knees? And I said, oh, yes, ma'am. And she said, Pam, I had my hands on your back, and while I was praying, I felt sharp pains hit me in my knees. And I said, wow. And she said, Pam, it stayed that way until you turned around and went back to your seat. That was Sunday. When I left here, my mom doesn't go to church here. The rest of my family goes to a, a Nazarene church here in Millbrook. And so I went home for lunch and sitting with mom, and I told her about the church service. And I told her about the prayer. The next day or two, normally at the house, when I would get up from the, sitting at the dining room table and go to get up, I'm sitting there having to push off the table and stand. It was hard. It was painful. Mom looked at me a couple days later, and she said, Pam, I think you're feeling better. I said, what do you mean? She said, you're walking better. I said, Mama, it's funny you say that. I said, because I've been thinking the same thing. I said, I'm not hurting like I was, Mama. I said, and I'm telling you, I know God touched me. That's right. I know it. I give him all praise, glory, and honor because I know that was the touch That's of right. the Spirit upon my body. And I thank him. Y'all, I got to tell you. The next day or two, I felt impressed to cancel surgery. I had surgery scheduled for the 19th, which was this past Friday. <laughs> I had gotten an injection in my left knee, but nothing on my right because he wouldn't inject it. He told me he couldn't do it because I was going to be having surgery. So left knee, I can bend it. Look, check it out. <laughs> right knee, we were going to be having surgery two days ago. On that Thursday, I called the doctor's office. After much prayer with Mama Wednesday night at home, I just knew that I was supposed to cancel it. I canceled it Thursday. And they said, do you want to reschedule it? And I said, nope. <laughs> I told Mama, I said, I am standing in faith because I believe that there's instantaneous healing, but I also believe that some healing requires God wanting to see that we stand in faith and believe Come on. that he can heal and touch. And y'all, I'm telling you, as y'all are my witness, I am standing in faith, believing that my Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit have touched me and I don't need surgery on my knees. 
thank you, God. Look, y'all, check it out. I've got our leggings, and there are no knee braces on either one of these things. <laughs> y'all, I haven't been able to do stairs. At work, I've been walking up the wheelchair ramp. I haven't been able to do stairs. I just walked up those stairs. Come on. How about that? That's good stuff. <laughs> That's, good stuff. That's good stuff. Come on, let's give it up. Come on. That's right. Woo! Wow. All right. Like I said, I, I love it, man. When he starts showing up, he just shows up. <laughs> and everything, you, I mean, it just, so I know there's more out there. Look, we want to share as much as you got, not today. Um, but, but on another day, let me know. We would love to hear uh, about everything. And uh, just... Just so good. I love what he's doing. So we are, you know, we have taken a different stance in our church. Like I said, we're no longer on the defensive. We're on the offensive. So that's why things are changing. Yes. You understand? That's why things are changing. Because we're taking control and we're taking the power and the authority that God has already blessed us with. And we're putting it to use. We're, we're actually activating that. And we're doing it through faith. And we're doing it through wisdom and knowledge and courage. Uh, and that's what it takes. So, so that's why we're in this series, uh, Rules of Engagement. Um, I should have a slide. There it is. Rules of engagement. Like I said, it used to be the battle is now, but we should have another slide back there that said the battle is won because I think we swapped that over. I'm not sure if, if, if Holly has it or not, but I know it was up there last week. It was really good that somebody told me that, and I was like, that's perfect. So there you go. We changed it now. It's not the battle is now. The battle is won. Um, and we're going to continue in that. We're going to continue doing what God asked us to do. And through that, we're going to see all kinds of change in our lives, in our families, in this region. It's, it's going to happen. We've got to believe that. All right. So, man, I'm just going to have to go through a bunch of this because I was really expecting a, a whole different path this morning. Um, but we need to... My biggest thing with this is we need to continue doing what we're doing because we're building a foundation. And what you see is that as we build a foundation, a spiritual foundation, as we build a foundation of identity and faith and now rules of engagement. So just, just having the ability to, to, to be a warrior, building this foundation allows God to put more in us and on us. And it can hold it. That's why the foundation is so important. You know, a foundation this way when it does, you know, when the wind blows and when the storms come, it's, it's not going to take us down. Why? Because we have a solid foundation. So, so that's what we're looking to do. Um, and so here's the thing. Well, we talked about this. Even in, in this time, in any kind of battle, any time, especially in spiritual warfare, you're either going to be a victor or a victim. And that's why I keep mentioning that, because we have to choose to be a victor. We're, we're going to choose to walk in victory over everything instead of being a victim. and crying. Like Pam could have come up here and just said, I give up and, and I'm just going to go. But you didn't. You chose to walk in victory. You chose to do that. And we have to make that stand in faith and say, I'm going to choose this. And then trust God that, that we're going to be a victor no matter what happens with the outcome. Because we don't get to choose the outcome. We get to just trust him. But we know that he's a good father and he loves us and he's going to do what's right. Uh, for us in, in that moment. So I love that. So to be a victor, you got to understand two basic principles of war. Uh, and these are weapons that we have, these war weapons that we have. It's, uh, and it's real simple. We've talked about them. There's actually a bunch of them, and I'll probably cover them all throughout the weeks. But today we're going to cover two, prayer and the word. Two principal things, prayer and the word. 
Okay, and, and when you combine them, it's a one-two punch. It's, it's, the, it's the, the jab to the face and then the uppercut. Okay, and, and when you combine them like that, prayer and the word, all of a sudden we're knocking the enemy out, right, out of our lives. You know, for, for, for whatever attack he's coming at us, we're knocking him out. He never gives up. So you can't knock him out and then walk away, turn your back and say everything's good. You got to remain the, the, with the stance. You got to remain vigilant. You got to remain ready uh, for another one-two punch. That's just how it is. We're warriors. Uh, and, and this is what it's going to be. Um, so the combo of the two is so powerful. And that's why when you hear powerful prayers, you'll see the scriptures injected into them. So as people are praying, it's just not heal them. It's heal them because by your stripes we were healed. It's, it's quoting scripture in that. So, so how do you do that? Yeah, that's, you know, we're gonna, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but what I love is that we talked last week, I, I kind of shared that not everything is the enemy. Um, we can't blame everything on it. But here's what I love. Jeff shared this with the students, and I thought it was so awesome when he said this. Because um, they're, they're actually teaching on the same thing. And the guy that came, Finley, did an amazing job. Uh, that guy's awesome. Love him. Great relationship with Kevin and Crystal. He came and shared with the teens. And he was like, he just came. And he didn't know what he was going to speak on. He just started speaking on spiritual warfare. And it just lined around. I was like, see, that's the good part right there. Like, you already knew where to go. Um, so they did a great job, but Jeff was like, here's the good part. Even when like you do get the nail in the tire and you're like devil. And then you go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go witness to like three people and pray for three people because you put a nail on my tire. The devil's actually going, whoa, I didn't even do that. <laughs> like he's completely like, whoa, 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 hold up. Like, I don't want credit for that one. Like you're attacking me and I didn't do anything. So in a way it's okay if you do something with it. Like, if you're going to do something powerful with it, if you're going to turn whatever that is into something to go against him, that's kind of cool. Okay? But you just can't give him credit and then just step aside. I'm about ready to throw this. I'm just kidding. I don't have a temper. <laughs> a little competitive, but I don't have a temper. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's a spirit, too. We're going to have to pray that one off by the end of the day. <laughs> So here's the thing. So prayer is, is the key. Prayer, prayer is the key to effective spiritual warfare. That's what it is. So we're going to focus on prayer. You know, when, when I believe that we pray, God releases his power in us to overcome whatever's going on. So that's why prayer is so important. Prayer is a two-way communication. You need to understand that. Prayer is not a PA system where it just blasts out what needs to be said. Prayer, prayer is like a walkie-talkie. Anybody remember walkie-talkies? We call them walkie. It's like any... Okay, anybody that goes, to, if, if you've been in the military, you have a radio for a reason. And that's so you can coordinate, you know, you tell your coordinates, you can call in airstrikes, you can tell people where you're at. Why do you do that? So they know where you're at, so they can come help. So prayer is like a walkie-talkie, two-way communication line to Father. And why? So you can call on him so he can send his angels down to do what they need to do. But, but if, you, if you're not using it that way, right, if it's just a PA system where... You're just waiting on him to tell you something, or you're just telling him what you want, but you're not listening. It's ineffective. Okay, so in, in spiritual warfare, you know, we, we need all the help we can get. And God says, I'm here to help you. I got this. Let's have a conversation first. Let's have a relationship first, two-way conversation. So, so that's what we're going to need. If Kevin was in here, I'd just be on a mic with him right now. We'd just be chatting. Because that's what he needs. He likes to have stuff like that. I didn't even think about that till now. That would have been a great little little bit. But here's the thing. What I love is that um, what prayer does is when you become weak in battle, 
Prayer is what brings the strength. So, so we're going to praise. If you're in battle, you know, you start getting beat down. You start getting tired. Maybe you're facing the same thing over and over again. Prayer is what gives you strength. That's the fuel you need to keep moving. So that's why we have to continually pray. Okay, that, that's why it's so important. It's actually the, the, the surest way to receive instructions from God is to pray and listen. You know, Jeff taught on a Tuesday night. I thought it was great. He had his toolbox out, and he had the, the New Yorker voice kind of thing going on. And, and he had all these tools about prayer. Um, but one of them, you know, it was like earplugs or uh, I think it was earplugs that you pulled out, not a headset. Either they worked the same way. And, and it was, it, I think that's what it was. But it was, sometimes you got to be quiet. Sometimes you got to pray and just sit there and go, Lord, speak to me. Tell me what you want. Because a lot of times I believe he's up there saying, if you'll just be quiet, I'll give you an answer. But you keep talking over me. You, you, keep, you keep trying to speak over me, and I just need a little bit of time to respond to what you've already talked about. So, so prayer is so important, and, it's, you know, and that's our authority too. So we have authority on earth to, 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 to engage in a battle. But we have that authority. We have to take it. And, and authority comes through relationship. Uh, you see it in, in the Bible. We'll just... Uh, Kings, um, I think it's for First Kings 17, but I'll talk about this a bit, about Elijah, because you see it in the Bible. I love this. Um, so Elijah had authority. He was a prophet who had authority. He had power given to him from the Lord, right? He had power that, that was given to him. And I got to set the stage because here's what you see. This is the first time you actually hear about him in the Bible. So there's nothing pre to him. You can't really read about his family. Where did this guy come from? I don't know. Um, but what we know is that this is the time that King uh, Ahab was, was the king. And he is no good in God's eyes. Like, he's the worst of the worst. They said that he, he was, like, doing so bad he was worse than any other king before him. Uh, so this is a bad dude. And so what God does is he says, I'm going to send Elijah to come. And do what I tell him to do. So what that tells me is when you read this, you just think about it. Go back to 17. It says, and I'll just read the first part. It says, uh, now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So stop right there. All you know about this guy is he shows up on the scene and he's talking to a king. You don't know who he is, and he shows up, and he tells him it's not going to rain. No, do nothing. The courage it takes to do that. So what that shows me is that before he could do that, he had to have a relationship. Before he could do that, he was, he was in prayer. He was talking to God all the time. God was speaking to him. God was speaking through him. God, they've already had a relationship, so he already knew his authority. You understand, this wasn't like, this is the first time you hear about him in the Bible. It doesn't mean that's the first time he was doing amazing things on earth. But this is the first time somebody captured it. Because like, we don't know who this guy is, but he came and told the king that it wasn't going to rain. And it goes on, and he says, And the word of the Lord came to him right then, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Asherah, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So that, that's kind of, you know, when you start trusting in God, he starts doing things like that. Like, go sit over there. I'm going to have a bird bring you some food. <laughs> yes, Lord. Right? And it says, uh, so he went. So he said, yes. I love that. He said, yes. 
I'm in, Lord. He said, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook um, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Doing all that to get to that end. There was no rain in the land because he commanded it with the authority that God gave him. He said, it's not going to rain. So God says, look, I'm not going to tell you something and not have it come true. You got to trust me. So he trusted him, and now this whole land dries up, and he's sitting there. So he knew the power of prayer. He knew the power of prayer. He understood the communication. He understood that you have to spend a lot of time with God and speak to him, so he'll start speaking to you. And when he does that, what he does is he starts challenging you. He starts putting you in positions of authority. He starts giving you power and authority to do what you need, what you need to do. So he was in what they call good standing with the Father. He was in good standing. He was righteous in his eyes. And you knew it because the Father kept using him over and over again. He knew that if he actually pronounced, if he, if he pronounced judgment over things that displeased God, then God would pronounce judgment over the same things. That's the relationship he had. He says, if I call it out, he'll call it out with me. Man, could, you, could you imagine what would happen if our church walked around with that attitude? <laughs> like you can walk around and be like, Really? I'll call it out right now, and God will move it right now. The power we have is there. It's the other stuff we have to do to get in position to utilize the power. Okay, that, that, and that, that's what we need to talk about. So we need to hear from him, and then we got to say yes, that's important. But to do that, you got to be in good standing with the Lord. you got to be in good standing with him. You're like, well, what's that mean? Well, you got to be righteous. You're like, well, that's a big word. Yeah, good standing with the Lord. Okay, James 5, 16 through 18 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again for heaven, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So he did it because he was righteous. He, he did it because he was in the right standing with God. So in other words, he wasn't hiding anything. He confessed his sins, and he was following the Lord. He repented. He said, Lord, use me. There's nothing I'm hiding from you. You can't hide it from me anyway. But for us, we need to release that. You got to get it off your chest. You got to believe who you are. So you surrender that to God. And when you do that, you're now in right standing with the Lord. This is why you don't want anybody praying for you. <laughs> this is why I want prayer partners up here praying for people. Because I believe that our prayer partners, they're doing this all the time. They're in right standings with the Lord. Because I want to see things happen when we pray. Because if you're not in the right standing with the Lord, your prayers are not being heard. So if you need prayer, like I said, we can pray for ourselves. There's, I mean, we have that ability. But this is why you just don't walk into work, find somebody that says they go to church and say, pray for me. You got to be in right standing with the Lord. Proverbs 12, 28 says, in the path of righteousness is life, and in, the path, in, in its pathway there's no death. So as we seek righteousness, as we seek to be, be right in his eyes, 
And it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. What it means is that when you mess up and you say something you shouldn't say or you act the way you shouldn't act, what it means is that you get to go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness and get right with him. Get right with him. See, Elijah knew he had the authority. And our authority and dominion on earth can be activated the same way. Right? Through fervent, earnest prayer of a righteous person. What you need to know is not the, the power of prayer is good, but it's not the, it's not the, the person praying, it's him. It's his power, it's his authority. It just comes through us. So if, if God's answering your prayers, that's awesome. He's amazing. You, you might be in good standing with him, which is awesome, but it's not you. It's him. That's why we humble ourselves before him and thank him for using us in a mighty, mighty way. And you'll see this in the Bible. Uh, if you go into Acts, well, I'll go into Acts, uh, the seven sons of Sceva. You see it right here. It's a great story. And I'll just read through it. I'm going to read out of the Passion. It says, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. I mean, he's doing it through Paul. Why? Because Paul had a relationship with him. Paul was living the life. He was close to God, talking with him every day. Great relationship. So, so God starts doing things through Paul. It says, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. So seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped, in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so they had so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. They didn't have a relationship with him. They're trying to call on the same Lord as somebody who did. And the evil spirit said, I don't even know you. So we need to walk powerfully in the battle with the authority of him. Be like, it'd be like trying to say you fight for the United States of America with no flags or nothing on you, and you walk into war saying, but I have the U.S. behind me. And they're like, that's not even the right uniform. Like, who are you? That's what that is. Like, we don't recognize that. You have no authority behind you. You're a one man taking on an army. So my personal thing on this is if <laughs> the enemy's not messing with you, you're probably not a threat. I believe that because I believe as we level up, he levels up. I believe as, as we pour in and, and, and get in right relationship and, 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 and fall in line and, and trust the Lord, I believe the enemy rises up and says, okay, you're, you're, getting, you're scaring me now because you're about ready to do something powerful and I've got to stop that from happening. But it's nothing to be scared about because when we walk with him, we have all the power and authority. So I'm not trying to scare you. What I'm saying is that it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. You know what? You, you, you don't feel the effects as much. Because when you're walking right and you're giving it to him, you're like, I think the enemy kind of goes, ah. Every time I say something, you just rebuke it. <laughs> so it doesn't affect us, right? 
So we have a lot of stuff, you know, uh, that we can use for that. And, and even in Ephesians, I talked about it last week. We have, when we go into battle, we need our armor. And it talks about that. The, you know, when we talk about the, our, our, um, um, the armor of God. So in Ephesians 6, 16 through 18, faith is huge. This is important. Faith is huge. But we have to pray and we have to use God's word. Faith's important. But I can have faith and not do the other two things and it's not powerful. So, so it's all together. So Ephesians 6, it says, uh, yeah, 16. It says, in every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. So you need faith all the time, wrapped around faith, submerged, saturated in faith. And then embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. So you're putting on a helmet of salvation because it's protecting your mind, which is where the enemy comes at you. He doesn't come at you anywhere else but the mind. So you put the helmet of salvation on because when you're saved, you're delivered. Right? So he can't even touch you. But you got to wear that in. you got to have that salvation. Right? When you get saved, you're delivered from that. And then it says, take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. And when you combine those two things, when, when we have the weapons to, 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 to pray and then access the word of God when you pray, now it's powerful. Because that two-edged spirit sword, God speaks it and then we speak it. Two edges. His power comes out and then our power comes out when we use it. It's a two-edged sword. It'll cut anything down either way. It allows us. So here's the good part. When I say this, you know, the, the salvation, the sword of the spirit, when we talk about these things, it's a, it helps you discern. It helps you see things differently. When you have the helmet on, that, that deliverance allows you to discern what's going on. You can see the good and the evil. You can say what is of him and what is not of him. What is of the Lord and what is not of the Lord. All right. So in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. That's what it does. So if it can, if it can pierce your bone and your marrow and it can reveal true thoughts of what's in our heart, it can reveal to you what the enemy's doing. That's why the word's so important. That's why salvation's so important. You guys getting this? Okay. It's important because just speaking the word, just speaking God's word, silences the enemy. Just saying his name. I loved it. We were talking to, to these the students on, on Wednesday, and they're like, you know what happens sometimes when, when you feel scared? or you Just say his name. Just cry out his name, and guess what? Whew. They can't stand. But we don't choose to do that. We choose to, get, we choose to get scared. I've been there. Trust me, I've been fearful. Couldn't even get out of my seat before. But when I started crying out his name, the atmosphere changed. Okay, and that's why we have to remember that. We can't get so beaten down that we forget who we are. So you need to spend some time memorizing scripture. So you know what you're being, you know where your weak point is. You know how the enemy likes to attack you. So therefore, it's this simple. Google scripture for what you're being attacked by and what that is. And Google scripture that comes against it. Then read it and memorize it. So when the enemy comes at you, you just start quoting the scripture. 
And if you hadn't quoted it yet, just read it. Just have it. Have it tabbed in your Bible. You read it enough, you'll quote it. That's the importance of reading the Bible is to understand because you never know which angle he's coming. Once you, once you come one way at him and stop him, he's going to find another bridge to cross the river. He's going to go look to where he can start building a bridge. You just can't beat him on one thing and say he's done. Because here's the, the part. If the enemy can speak to you, he can isolate you. And when you're isolated, right, that's where he can tear you apart. You know, he devours and, and he takes out the ones he can isolate from the tribe. So when he starts speaking to negative thoughts, all he's trying to do is get you isolated. It's a battle of your mind. This whole thing is a battle of your mind. And the good part is just don't, don't be fearful. Jesus already conquered death and the grave. He, he's already predicted that he won. We just have to fight the battle. The war's done. We're fighting the battle as we go. Because the enemy doesn't want to see us do what God put inside of us. We have purpose and a plan in life. He's already put that out there. Before you came here, he figured it out. And if the enemy can try to stop that, he will. So our job is to say, yes, come at with spiritual warfare. Come against the enemy so we can keep doing what God wants us to do. So Matthew 4, 1 and 11, I love this. When I was reading this, I read it a different way. It was really good. Um, Matthew, you've heard this before. This is, uh, uh, this is where Jesus gets led into the wilderness. Okay, so, so I'm going to pick it up there. I'm going to read it. I'll explain. It says, afterwards, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser. And after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely hungry. Then the tempter came to him and said, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? Just command those stones to be turned into loaves of bread. He answered, the scripture says bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Then the accuser transported Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem and perched him at a highest point of the temple and said to him, if, you, if you're really God's son, jump and the angels will catch you. For it is written in the scripture, he will command his angels to protect you and they will lift you up so that you won't even bruise your foot on a rock. So here's the, the enemy quoting scripture. He knows it. Once again, Jesus said to him, the scriptures say you must never put the Lord your God to a test. And the third time the accuser lifted Jesus up onto a very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it. All of the kingdoms I will give you, the accuser said, if you only kneel down before me and worship me. But Jesus said, go away, Satan, for the scripture says, kneel before the Lord your God and worship him only. At once, the accuser left him and angels suddenly gathered around Jesus to minister to his needs. When I read that many times, I envisioned, you know, Jesus being lifted up and taking these places. That's in his mind. Picture that. He is in a mind battle. He's in the wilderness. He's, what's the wilderness? It means you're alone. It means you're isolated. So he's in the wilderness, isolated, and the enemy comes in his mind because that's the only place the enemy can attack him. Do you see where I'm going? He, he, he was in a human body, so therefore the enemy can't attack us physically. He can attack us mentally. He's attacking Jesus mentally. And he's telling him, you're hungry? You've been fasting. You're hungry? So his mind. How many people have had their mind tell them they need to do something that they probably shouldn't do? That's where he comes at you. He came at Jesus that way. He's like, just turn the rocks into stones. So I can see Jesus sitting there going, I, I could do that. Like, 
I have power and I have authority and I could turn. Wait, who's speaking to me? He wasn't sitting in front of him yelling at him. He was in his mind. Man, if we could see that that's where he's, everything's in our mind. We need, to, we need to conquer our thoughts. We need to take every thought captive and make it obedience to the word. So it wasn't verbal, it was spiritual. He was being spiritually attacked. But when I saw it, I was like, you're going to carry Jesus up all the way to the And So when I read it, and you could probably read it that way, and it probably means the same thing. But to me, when I read it the other way, and I was like, oh, wow. He was in the wilderness. I was in the wilderness a couple weeks ago. It's a lonely place to be in the wilderness. And I was like, "Woo!" So he was in the wilderness. And that's where the enemy got him. It was all spiritual. And how did he fight it? With the word of God. He didn't have to come. Like, if it was physical, he could have probably punched him. I mean, I don't, <laughs> you know, think about it. I mean, it's Jesus. <laughs> I, he's probably the strongest man on earth. But he didn't. He came, he came against it the way he was supposed to with the word of God. He brought all his thoughts under authority. See, the devil is after Jesus' authority and dominion on earth, and he's after yours. He's going to do the same thing to you. He's going to get in your mind, and he's going to try to tell you things, right? They, they go against the word of God that stop you. So, so when God wants you to say yes, and he tells you to go do something that's going to be powerful, and to you it's kind of like, whoo, I've never got up on stage and said anything in front of people. And God's like, I need you to do it. The enemy will come in and say, oh, you're going to trip. You're going to stutter. It's not going to be right. Everybody's going to laugh at you. Don't do it. That's how he works. And the whole time he's like, if you go up there and say something, what you're going to do is unleash the anointing power of what God wants to put on your life. And I won't be able to stop you anymore at this level. <laughs> he's like, so please don't go up there and do what God's telling you to do. It's all in your mind. So you got to cast your thoughts down. And realize this, your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. When you speak them, they're powerful. So the stuff that comes out of your mouth is powerful. You can't get them back. You know how I know they're powerful? How many people had somebody in your family growing up that said something about you that you hold on to so tight? You know, I had an uncle, um, he would always call me an animal. That was his term of endearment for me. He said, you're just an animal, sit on the floor. It's still in my head. Why? Because it was powerful. Our words have power. So when you speak to your kids, when you speak to your spouse, when you speak to your boss, when you speak to your, your siblings, when, when you speak to people in church, what you say has power. Watch what you say. You can't get it back. Right. Once it's out, it's out. Even when it comes to you know, Daisy, I, I, Daisy used to do this to me all the time. I'd come in, I'd come in to staff me and I'm like, oh, because I'd be caught up with the finances and stuff. And I'm like, man, these bills, man, they're killing me. And she goes, oh, really? You just spoke that into life. You want them to kill you? And I'm like, Daisy, I'm, I'm, she was, it's your word. You spoke it. She trained me. <laughs> she trained me to watch what I say out of my mouth because there's power right there. I just spoke it into existence. So that's why you speak life over yourself. You speak life over your family. You speak life over your kids. You speak life over your teachers at school. You speak life over your boss. 
Man, you speak life over your spouse. I'm telling you, this is so important because the power is there. What you speak will happen. Now we got to understand that. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Your words are so powerful they will kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. Meditate on that one. Next time somebody does something to you, somebody you love does something to you and you want to say something to them. To kill or give life. So here's the thing. We need to choose life. So, so this is how we choose it. We, we choose to speak the right words. We choose to speak the words of God. Right? We, we, we come together in this and we say prayer is so important. We've got to pray. We've got to have that relationship with him, one-on-one relationship. Right? It, that's where it starts. That, that authority comes from a relationship, the walkie-talkie prayer communication all the time. He'll give you the authority and the power you need to do what he, he needs you to do. Right? And then all we have to do then is know the word of God and inject that in there. And those are our two powerful means of warfare. So you have to do that. You have to study that. You have to practice that. That, That's how how we build our prayer life, is speaking powerful words. So you got to effectively use the anointed words. And when you do that, it'll destroy the works of the enemy. It'll destroy the works of the enemy in your life, in your family. Man, at your work in this city, if we can start effectively using the words of God in our prayer. And pray powerful prayers. Powerful prayers are the word of God. When we do that, then we're starting to walk in the authority and use the authority and power that God's given us. Amen? You guys get something? You good? All right. Like I said, we're equipping the saints. We're equipping the saints. That's all I want to do. My focus right now is just to give you tools Right? This is stuff that I'm getting too, and we're getting it all at once. Because we have to be on the same page. You can't do this alone. And what's the sense of just having a couple generals that know what to do? Everybody's got to have information. Everybody needs to know how to come against it. So what I've said I would do is every single week, I would come up and I would share a different spirit. Last week, we talked about fear. The week prior, we talked about the spirit of death. Okay, so today's pretty serious. I love it. Kevin, Kevin hit this one, and he doesn't know ever what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> but I want to talk this morning about another one of the enemy's weapons. It's this, the spirit of depression. And this is important. This is a big one. I did some research. Depression in the United States affects over 18 million adults, one in 10, in any given year. million young people between the ages of 12 and 17 have experienced at least one major depressive episode in the past year in the United States. 3.1 million. If the enemy can take out our youth, he stops the movement. So important that your kids know how to fight this. And they can't just depend upon you to do it for them because we don't even know. They need to be taught. They need to be in here getting led by leaders that are passionate about this. So depression is the leading cause of disability for ages 14 to 44. It's the primary reason why someone dies of suicide about every 12 minutes. Over 41,000 people a year. Because of depression. How about depression in the workplace? It causes 490 million disability days from work each year in the U.S. 
accounts for $23 billion in lost workdays each year. It takes an economic toll of over $1 billion each year from U.S. businesses. See, the enemy is smart. <laughs> He's like, if I can't take you down spiritually, then I, I could take the economy down around you. I'll find a way to destroy it if, you, if you'll let me in. Because, see, he can come against us, but we've got to let him in. We've got to give him the ability. to. He doesn't have the authority to do it. We have to actually give it to him. That's why we have to come against it. How about depression internationally? This isn't even just the U.S. How about all over the place? It affects third, or 300 million people worldwide, regardless of culture, age, gender, religion, race, or economic status. So it tells me that nobody is exempt from it. It's one of the most uh, debilitating conditions on the world. Severe depression rated in the same disability category as terminal stage cancer. So I think we've identified a pretty serious spirit, spirit of depression. So the spirit of depression has become a prevalent mental disease in our world today. This weapon causes psychotic and neurotic conditions and emotional and psychological disorders. It creates an overall feeling of heaviness. The spirit attacked Elijah, David, and Jesus. While Jesus overcame his depression through prayer, David, through the reading of God's word, Elijah overcame his depression through divine intervention. God instructed him to get up and go. So what's the counterattack? Every week I give you a counterattack. What, what's, a, what's a scripture that counterattacks this? It's Isaiah 61.3. To comfort all who mourn, to counsel those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and oil of joy, joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So the garment of praise is something that, that he wants us to dress up in and wear all the time. Why? Because it covers the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness and the spirit of depression are the same. That's how the Bible describes it. A garment of praise. So praise is the antidote to depression. Why do you think it's so important that we come in and we praise and we worship before we get into the word? Why is it so important that you wake up every morning and you praise Jesus and you just start crying out to him? Because it's what we need to get through depression. Depression can't stand in his presence. Psalms 150, 1 through 6 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequal greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with a lyre and a harp. Praise him with a tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. So that's the, that, that, that's the counterattack to this. It says, ask God to remove the spirit of heaviness. Get up, open your curtains, help somebody less fortunate than you. Go to a hospital, go to a nursing home. Start journaling, sing, dance, read the word of God. Play something soothing to your ears. Go outside, worship, fellowship. Rebuke the spirit of depression. Decree and declare the joy of the Lord is my strength. Signs and symptoms and manifestations. This is how it shows up. Anxiety, chronic fatigue, confusion, 
crying spells, darkness of mind, dejection, dependent personality, which means you need help with normal things, despair, desperation, distractions, excessive sleeping, feeling, feelings of alienation, feeling of loneliness, frustration, gloominess, homicidal tendencies, hopelessness, increased in appetite, insomnia, lack of focus, lack of energy, loss of focus, melancholy, memory loss, need for approval, nonchalant attitude, preoccupation, sadness, sleepiness, suicidal tendency, and unhappiness. Whew. I was reading that going, huh? Highlight that one, highlight that one, highlight. It's serious stuff. And it's stuff that's running just through us. That, that we ignore it as a spiritual attack. And we seek all the other help we can get from people that spiritually aren't helping us. And look, I'm not against, look, I've been through this. I, I, I've been through this with my daughter. I've been through this. I understand depression. Been through depression myself. And I understand medicine can help. But I also know that, that the word of God is the most powerful medicine you can ever get. And it's always the last thing we go to. It's always the last thing we go to. So, how, so when we come against it, what we have to do is we have to release. Remember, we bind up things that are bound in heaven, right? We can bind them on earth. So we have to release stuff. We have to loose stuff. And it says we're supposed to loose the anointing. The anointing is the power and provisions of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to loose the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's pretty powerful right there. Like, I, that's, pre- that's pretty deep. So we need to loose his peace the mind of Christ, and joy. Amen? Amen. So what I want to do this morning is I want to pray for you. You heard that entire list. (laughs) Okay, so if anybody's been dealing with any of that, you can just raise your hand because I'm going to pray, and we're going to pray together as a family because that's what we are. So you can't be ashamed of it because I want you to leave out of here today with chains broken off from you. These are the chains we sang about in the beginning. You're not allowed to keep them. So if you walk out of here with them, it's because you accepted them, right? Don't accept them. Like, like let, let's do what, let, what, he, what his word told us to do. Let's do what God's telling us to do. And let's take authority over our lives. Let's take authority over our minds. Okay, so we want freedom in the house today. So I just want to pray this morning. So let's just pray together. Father, you see the hearts, Lord. You see the hearts and minds of the people in this room. Father, you see what they're struggling with. Father God, you, you, you know where this spirit is residing in them and around them, Lord, or in their families. So, Father, right now we come against what the enemy is trying to do. We, we come against and we bind up the spirit of depression. Father, remove the spirit of heaviness from our lives. On those in this room, those watching online, Father. Father, we release, we loose the anointing of the Holy Spirit on their lives. Father, we anoint the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we anoint your peace. Or we, we release your peace, Father. We, we, we release a mindset of Christ and joy, Father God, on each and every heart in this room. Father, renew us and strengthen us, Father God, with a new strength. Father, we praise you. We worship you. We surrender to you this morning. Father, we pray your words always be on our lips, Father God. So fill our hearts and our minds with your words, Father. 
as a powerful tool to come against the enemy. And we pray all this in your mighty name, in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Come on, you can clap. You can clap. I want to invite the prayer partners up, so if we could have the prayer partners come up. This is important. Um, one, because I believe that, that we are dealing with stuff, and we prayed that over you, and, and I want you to come. If you, if, you, if you need somebody to pray for you, come up front. Don't leave here. If there's something special like that, something getting on you, I need you to get prayer this morning, okay? So, so I need you to get prayer this morning. Don't allow that. Don't, don't walk out of here with something still on your heart. Okay, so, so we're gonna, the prayer partners are going to be up here. One of the first things I said is mandatory, right? It's mandatory for this to work is salvation. We need the helmet of salvation. So if you don't know who Christ is and you don't have a relationship with him, if you didn't invite him in your heart, if you're not following him, if you're, if you're not doing life with him, this isn't going to work. And that's the first step. The first step is, is, is knowing him. The first step is turning to him, surrendering to him. And you can do that this morning. That's the first step. So if you want to do that this morning, I want you to come forward and talk to somebody. Because that's something you got to do in your heart. There's no prayer I can pray over you that's going to fix that. That's something you gotta, you've got to ask God to come in and move in your heart. You, you, gotta, you can sit right where you're at and just ask him to come in and fill you up this morning. And repent from anything you've done in your heart. Repent to him. Tell him what you've done and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And he will do that in your heart. And then come talk with one of us. Come pray with a prayer partner. Don't leave out of here this morning without that. Don't leave out of here without a gift that God wants to bless you with this morning. So we have prayer partners up here. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to release you for the day. You stay, long, stay as long as you want. If you need prayer, come up, wait in line. Look, don't say, well, they're all covered, so I'm going to leave. Don't do that. Like, stay put. Wait your turn. Be patient. Let's work on patience this morning. Don't say I'll do it next week because there might not be a next week. We're going to do it today. So let's just pray all together. Father, we love you, Lord. And I thank you. I thank you, God. Father, I ask you to touch each and every one of us this morning. Father, ignite a fire inside of us right now, Lord, that nothing can extinguish. Father, encourage us, strengthen us. Give us your courage to go out and do what you've asked us to do, Father. Father, guide us and lead us in that. Clear a path for us, Lord. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in and through us. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And Father, we just, we just need you more than ever. So Lord, walk with us, guide us. Direct us this week. Father, we pray for, for supernatural appointments with people that need to know about you, God. So, Father, we pray right now that you open doors that only you can open and you can close doors that only you can close, Father. Father, we just surrender it all to you. Have your way right now. And everybody in this room, everybody watching online, move in us and through us and through our families and through the next generation and through our children's ministry. Father, we ask you to, to, to work through our student ministry, Lord. Father, we just love you, and we surrender everything to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Look, God bless you all. I'll see you next week.
Don't leave if you need prayer. Just wait.